We're always seeking dopamine. The more we govern dopamine, the better transition we have. As entrepreneurs, this is the most important thing we can do to balance because as an entrepreneur, your job is to lead. You can't lead in a highly emotionally erratic state. Dopamine makes you emotionally erratic. And so you're right, you're 100% correct. We go through these ups and downs and we have these all these wins and what we call successes. And then we have all these failures, always back to bring us back to the state of balance in our brain. You can do it externally and let the external environment do it, or you can do it my way, which is internally do it, so you don't have to go through the external chaos that, that shows up again. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Onyx and Gall Show. And today we're going to rewire your brain. That's right. We're going to get a little sciency today. I like this because, you know, a lot of us go through a lot of issues. Let's just face it. We all have challenges. We all have problems. We all have hardships. But what we don't talk about is how they impact our physical reality, our health, our decision making, and the things that we actually do. So you could have gone through something two, three years ago and you don't think it's impacting you anymore. But it is, as an entrepreneur especially, I can tell you, holy smokes, do we have, I mean, I feel like every day there's a new problem, a new fire, right? And with every one of these, we get like a, it's like you, you're left with like a, what's the word I'm looking for? A, not a scratch, but you're left with some kind of lesion from it. And you think I've healed, right? And you feel like, okay, it's, it's gone, it's done, I resolved that issue, but did you? And so today we have with us a very special guest, someone who I've gotten to know very well over the last many months, have deep respect for, Dr. Alok Jen, who's going to share with us how to resolve this, like how to really resolve this. You know, he, he before we started the episode, he was talking and he started talking about cortisol and stress level. I mean, we got science right? Because, um, and, and I think that that's exactly what I'm looking for. Let's talk physical reality, but... A lot of, we're so used to hearing in the personal development world about like, you know, do this exercise or do that exercise and write down your goals. It's almost become kind of hootie patootie. That's the words I use. I mean, I believe in it, but it's like, you know, sit and dream of the things you will achieve and they will, but, but eh, people are starting to get a little burned out on the, on that, that kind of thinking. But now if we can add the physical reality and the science and the data behind it that chemically shows how this stuff works. Well, now we're getting to something that no one can argue with. So today, Dr. Alok, thank you. Welcome to this podcast. I'm excited. I'm not going to lie, Dr. Alok. I got some stuff going on too. I've had 2022 was was a great year, but it was a super challenging year. And I mean, I'm telling you, scars. That's the word I was looking for before. I said lesions, scratches, scars. <laughs> looking for scars. I'm going to have some scars from this. And so I'm really fascinated to listen to this episode to see how you would rewire that. But, um, you know, you are coming. I, I find you also fascinating because one of the questions I asked you is, why are you an online guy right now, right? You're, you're, you told me that 1,250 patients a week coming through your chiropractor practice. You were the largest chiropractor practice in the world. And now you do events, you send emails, you have an online business, you're working with people in a different capacity. And I feel like there's got to be a big story between uh, with that transition. So I'm just going to dive right in and say thank you for being here. Guys, we are seriously, uh, you you are in presence of someone who can really change your life over the next hour that we're on this episode. Pay attention, listen to it twice. Dr. Alok, take it away. First of all, I want to know, I'm fascinated by this transition. Largest chiropractor practice in the world. You're obviously successful, but you made a pretty big shift. What's behind that? always what I wanted to do, right? 
And just to, you know, I, I always wanted to be in the business of, of helping people. And my first practice was Trevetti Chiropractic based after my last name. And it was like, it wasn't a business that I actually did well. And it was, it was one that I failed in. And then I went on and I opened my other practice and we built and we were successful in it. But the truth was, is that, you know, as successful as I became inside of the business, it was great, but it was always more. I always knew that I could reach another level of people. And with the work that I started to do, I started to realize that patients and people had all these ailments inside of their brain and it was affecting their life, affecting their finances. And, and the symptoms were actually the problem, but they weren't actually the real problem. The real problem was that the, the way that they thought about money, about relationships, about business. And as you said, I think it left a whole lot of scars in people and it leaves these scars. And people's blood pressure goes up, cortisol goes up, immune function goes up, diabetes goes up. All this stuff happens. And we look at it as a society and say, it's just a medical thing. It's just a medical problem. It's just a medical problem. But the reality is that what if your business is causing you high blood pressure? What if your economic financial situation is causing you diabetes? Nobody's looking at it from a holistic perspective. And that's what I started to do. And then I started working with patients. And all of a sudden, my world started to get working with entrepreneurs and CEOs and celebrities. And that started to expand. But the truth was, is that at the same time, I went through a pretty brutal divorce. And I went through and I lost every dime I ever had. And I lost everything. And as much as I was helping everyone else with their rewiring, I had to become a patient of my own. And I had to sit there and I had to sit there. And like you, Anik, like I was like, I wasn't into this woo-woo stuff. I was into working with people and helping people. And I remember I was at an event one time and I sat there and I said, I need to make money. Like I, I need to make money because if not, I've got nothing to my name. My income is dropped. I'm not going to see my kids. And it was a brutal time in my life. And they said to me, I said, I need help, guys. Like, you guys are the guys, success guys. You guys are success guys, so I need help. So how do I get more help? How do I get more clients? How do I sell something? How do I do anything? And they said, well, it's based on your beliefs. And I said, okay, well, how do I know what my beliefs are? And I said, well, you just look at your life, Anik. And based on what's in your life, that's what's going on. And I thought to myself, that's a bunch of crap. I said, that's honestly a bunch of crap because the environment was the symptom. Because someone, as a doctor, I could sit and say someone can come into my office and say they have back pain, but the problem could be a, a disc, could be a, a slip disc, could be a herniated disc, spondylolisthesis, it could be a fracture, it could be a cancer, it could be a subluxation, it could be any of these things. But it wasn't, we just saw that there was back pain. In the same way, I realized that if someone's going through financial challenges or business challenges, the problem wasn't the symptom. The problem was that the way that they thought. And so I went in and I had to rewire my own brain. And I remember sitting there figuring it out and figuring out what my actual beliefs were. And I'd created a belief in my life through my divorce that you could have love or money, but not both through a brutal divorce. And no matter what I did, until I figured out that, I was left in the dark. And then I had to figure out, then I had to put the pieces together how to rewire that. And I did. And I took what I had done with others and I did it to myself because you're never, you know, it's one thing to do with other people, but when you have to become the student yourself of your own work, that's when the real, it really shines. And I did. And I, and I literally rewired my entire brain, everything I've gone through, all the journeys I've been through to, to rebuild my life and become the person that I was today, that I am today. And it's, it's a work that's continually in progress. But that's that's the story of where uh, Dr. Rewire came from. Oh, God, I love it. Um, and I owe you a sincere apology. Talking about the brain and how our brain works with us, I got, so there's a TV in front of me over here where the team sends me messages and they're like, uh, you said the wrong name. And so I want to first apologize for that. I was actually, this is cool, it's so crazy. Two hours ago, I had a call with an Alok Jen. And so 
that was in my mind. So um, in the beginning, I introduced you as Dr. Alok Janis. I meant Dr. Alok Trevedi, everyone. I'm really sorry about that. Um, but yeah, thanks to my team for catching it and making making sure I corrected that. Um, so so I, I have... I. What do you mean by rewire? So let's talk about that, right? So I'll give you an example, or let's use me as an example. Um, health issue. You know, I've had health issues my whole life. I've been through some pretty traumatic stuff, been through some surgeries, et cetera, et cetera. I know there are some beliefs in my mind about my health. I've even been caught with some life coaches in the past saying, um, like, I'm at war with my body. Like there is a physical and a mental and like it's two separate. And they've caught things and I've, I've, I understood what they said. Like, hey, you can't say that. But I, I went through a phase where I, probably, I was in the ICU for three months. This is a long time ago. So this is 12, 15 years ago. But I was nearly dead, almost died. Had to go through a massive nine-hour surgery. And I'm assuming there are some... I've never really worked with that. Like I got over it. I've moved on. I've been very successful since then, but I'm still not healthy. And you know, you and I, when we met last time, you know, we talked a little bit about it. But I'm still not in good health. And I've seen all the doctors. I've taken all the hardcore meds, and I would say I still kind of get through the day. Um, and uh, I live a stressful life, yes. And I feel like that's just who I am. I'm always trying to achieve. And so maybe we can use that as an example. When you say rewire, can you explain to me and to everyone listening what that means? Rewiring is basically bringing your brain back to a state of balance. And the reason, right, like our, let me define stress first to give us some context, okay? Yeah. Because our body is constantly in a state of stress. And we, how we adapt to stress is the most important thing. And so whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be relational, financial, all these different things are different forms of stress. And so as an entrepreneur, you're constantly dealing with stress. you got a payroll to cover. You got bills to pay. You got all this stuff that's kind of coming at you. You got to figure out how do you live beyond that? So you've had these health ailments and medically, and I have nothing against the medical profession, so I'm not trying to berate the medical profession by any means when I say this. Medically, they're looking at management of disease. That's what the medicine, medical professional does. And thank God they do because they're the experts at managing disease. However, if we take a step back and look at why does the body do what it does, the body will always move into a state of balance and trying to keep itself alive, even if it's gonna go ahead and create an illness or what's called a disease. I'll give you an example of one that I get berated about all the time when I talk about it. And I sit and say that, say that diabetes is not a disease, it's simply a condition where you have a lot of sugar into your bloodstream. That's actually a, stand, a very legitimate fact. If you have over six, then you say now you have diabetes and now you need to take these drugs and meds. However, all it means is you have a lot of sugar in your blood. Why do we have a lot of sugar? We got to ask these questions. Why do we have a lot of sugar in our bloodstream? Is it because we're eating a lot? Is it because we're eating crappy? Is it because we're not sleeping well? Is it because there's a, a biogenetic factor involved? Is it because there's too much stress on the system? All of these. Is there because there's a magnesium deficiency? All of these reasons are there. But if we just look at the symptom, like we're saying here, just looked at my finances. My finances were in hell. Just to look at the back pain. That's the hell. Why does that happen? That's where the question changes. If we go back and ask ourselves, why does that happen? And then we'll find that the health conditions are typically, in my experience, and believe it or not, almost 90% psychosomatic. Psychosomatic conditions that show up inside that. And so, if, because I've taken care of, and this is not what I do. I don't sort of walk around saying that I cure people, but people come to me and they, their health ailments go away. Diabetes goes away. Autoimmune disorders goes away, Lyme disease, uh, um, lupus goes away, 
like Hashimoto's goes away. Like, why am I, why does that happen? Because when we rebalance the nervous system, we rebalance the body to work the way that it's designed to. Now, someone who's in their high amount of stress, the way we perceive that stress is going to change how our body responds to it. So if we respond with a very highly stressful state, we're going to release a lot of enzymes or neurotransmitters that are sympathetically driven. That's a lot of stress. So I'm, I know I'm getting sciencey and geeky here, but bear with me. I'm going to simplify oh. it in just a second. And then parasympathetic, that's the ease and relax. So people who want to meditate, that's okay, you got to relax. If we're constantly living a life under attack and constantly living a life under attack, we're going to break down our system. It's going to break down inside of it. And it's not about our body breaking down. It's how do we build up? If we rebalance the way that we think, when we rewire the way that we think, our body responds with the proper neurotransmitters, proper hormones, the way that it would in a balanced state. That's why people get better. Mm, okay. So when you say <clears throat> most 90%, you said of health conditions are psychosomatic or the word you use. I don't have a stat on that, but that's my, that's my observation. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Not scientifically known. What Are you saying it's, there's a physical, so it's all in the head or you're saying, no, there is a physical thing, but it can be highly addressed by the mind. Like, I guess I'm trying to figure out, like, for example, I have Crohn's disease. Would you feel like it's, it's exacerbated by my mental state or that it exists purely because of my mental state? Like it could actually just go away also completely if I rewire my brain. I have hundreds of cases of Crohn's disease that in a matter of minutes I've rewired. 26 wow. minutes at a lady at a lady who came to me, she's still a client of mine. Um, she, she wants to talk to me about a, a situation, but you know, her and her husband are having stress, this and that. And I said, yeah, let's talk about your Crohn's disease. And she said, okay. I said, when did it begin? She said, it was, it was genetic. I said, Crohn's disease is not genetic. I said, this is not a genetic predisposition. Like it's just not. And I said, there has to be a, a massive, what I call a root experience. Some would call a trauma. I call a root experience that's been there, that's been a massively fearful event inside of your body. And she was like, I don't know. I have no idea. And I said, go, go, let's go find it. And we found it. It was a truly traumatic event when she was 18 months old. And we went and even, I went and I rewired it even at 18 months old. And I swear to this day, three, three and a half years later, she, that day, 26 minutes later, she was rewired. She was grateful for the fact that she had Crohn's disease, grateful for everything that she'd come from it. I'm grateful for that experience. And that morning, she, the next morning she came in and she said, oh my God, she goes, I, I had a normal day this day. That's been three and a half years later and she's still normal. And I have hundreds of cases like that because irritable bowel disease, Crohn's disease, digestive disorders like that are a motility issue, but that motility is connected to the brain. The greater the fear, the greater the fear that we have, the great or traumatic injury that happens, what happens is our digestive system clenches up and our system doesn't process things properly. So at another case with a guy who told me he had irritable bowel disease and I said, okay, well, when, when did that begin? I didn't know anything about it. And um, we just worked through the day. He was one, one of my clients and I just worked through the day with him. And he told me when he was 14 years old that he was molested. And I said, okay. And it's a kind of heavy topic, heavy subject, so, so to speak. And I get that, right? People don't want to talk about these things, but this kind of stuff happens in our society. And he's done therapy. He's done all these things behind it and gotten himself to feel better and 
do all the therapy stuff. And as an entrepreneur, he's an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur. But how successful are you when you feel like, no pun intended, shit every day? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, how successful is that? That's not success, in my opinion. That's not wealth, in my opinion. That's sure you got money, you got a business, big deal. It's like Steve Jobs, everyone says to that. So we worked on him. And uh, that day, he rewired that. After He's already spent $100,000 in therapy. He took one day with me, rewired it. And at the end of the day, he said, I had irritable bowel disease. And I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And then uh, since that moment onward, that day onward, gone, irritable bowel disease. I can't say cured because then yeah. ethically, you know, technically, I can't say that. But reversed and in remission ever since that day. And I have case after case after case like this. No, that's amazing. So, so, so rewired your... What you're saying is you're changing their perspective on it. So here, you know what? Let's do this. So for me, I was asked this question years ago. They said, there must be a traumatic event that took place in your life. And I had the same answer. I was like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, my actually, my parents helped me remember it. I just, I don't remember being that scared at the moment that it happened, but I remember it till this day. So I'm pretty sure it left a stamp on me. Um, and most of my stomach and health issues began after that. So a couple of things. One was I went through a period of time as a young kid, probably, I don't remember, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, 12 years old. I had a lot of ear infections, tons of all the time ear infections. I took a lot of antibiotics. So a lot of the medical field says it's probably, you know, your gut, you killed all of the biome and the, and so that could have led to the, but I think maybe it made me more susceptible to whatever was coming next. And I had a moment in my life where I was, I was young. So, cause I got Crohn's when I was 13, 14. Um, I was, uh, yeah, not right before high school, right before ninth grade. And that there was an evening, my parents had left me. I was going to be home alone for a couple hours. They had gone like literally two minutes, like two, three, five minutes up the street. And short of our house almost got robbed. Um, I was home alone. It was night and we had a bunch of people banging on the door. I ran up to my parents' room, looked down, saw cars with the doors wide open. I called my neighbor. She lives right across the street. This woman's like a superwoman. I just called her. I was just like, Hey, can you look outside your window? Like there's people banging on my door. That woman just, she came out in her night robe with a broom in her hand and was like, just ready to start. And as she did that, what we saw was everyone run. There was like three cars with their doors open. Everyone run into their cars and just drive off real fast. So that kind of gave us a clue of like, okay, that was not a friendly visit. Um, cops came the next day, talked about it. Never found anything more than that. But after that, my parents went and got alarm systems. And I wasn't really allowed to stay home alone for a while. And I remember it. And so a couple people have come back and said, dude, that's probably what triggered a lot of your your stuff. And growing up, I was under a lot of academic stress. You know, I I grew up always, you know, having to perform, outperform. And I think I've carried that. Oh, we're that Indian, way. dude. That's what we're supposed to do. All right. There you go. Yeah. And I'm saying it softly right now. Right now. Yeah. And I was supposed to, I was supposed to join your league. I didn't, I ended up not becoming a doctor, but you know, I was under, as a kid, put a lot of, you know, and I don't, I don't say like, oh my God, my parents are horrible to me. <laughs> my parents were freaking amazing. They're awesome. But in our community, obviously you are, you know, I, I whatever school work I got times three was what I had to perform because we want to be ahead. So that's a, so, I, but I don't, I don't know what memories I have with that. So when you say rewire, would you kind of go through the process of finding these traumatic thoughts I've had? And then what would you do next? Do you help me kind of look at them differently? And, and that's what you mean by rewire? Yeah. So I'd ask you a series of questions. It's a neurocognitive behavior, neurobehavioral cognitive process. Okay. I'd ask you a series of questions. I'm not going to do it live here because 
it's too sensitive to do with you. And I'd want to go deeper with you. I won't do a lot. Yeah. But yeah. because you, before yeah. you ask me to do it live, because I get that all the time and I get thrown in the mix of that. I don't want to do it live. I'm happy to schedule a time with you to do it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. go through a series of questions inside of it. And when we go through those questions, then I'm going to actually get you to the moment and I'm going to get you to rewire that in the moment. That fear, I promise you, like if this is a big thing, your life feels threatened, right? Your life feels yeah. threatened. Your, your, your house is about to be robbed. You don't know what's about to happen. You're 13 years old. That's a huge, scary moment. We'd go in and I'd rewire it by asking you certain questions and rebalancing the brain in the different frames of the mind. See, you've heard this before, and there was some accuracy to this. There was some accuracy to this in the olden days, because I'm not into the foo-foo personal development stuff either. I'm into the science, to the hard science of it. Mm. And the hard science was, they used to say, and say, you have to visualize, and your brain only sees in images. And that's partly true in what it sees in images. However, you also hold on to memories in the forms of images. And those images are imprinted on your brain. And those imprints are now a bunch of neural firings inside that, that are now the vibrational pattern that's firing constantly. Unless we don't go rebalance that image, that dark image with a light image, for lack of better words here, then what happens is the brain stays imbalanced. There was an article done in uh, Scientific American, 20, April 2016, that showed, believe it or not, people, when I say this, people are like, what? There's neurons that we see, but there's also anti-neurons that are being formed. So once we create an image in our brain, we're also securing the anti-image. Until we don't balance those two out, our brain will constantly run on the past scars, lesions, emotions, events of our life. And what we're constantly doing is functioning in a state of fear, not in a truly state of abundance. So that's why my work is not rah-rah. It's let's go back and rewire this stuff so that you can actually move into your future without the fear and without this chaos. Because most people, it's, you know, the January 4th or 5th, whatever it is today, but most people live the exact same year again and again and again because of the simple fact that because they're running on the same emotions, not a new emotional pattern. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Well, I, I want to keep using some examples from my own life, just to kind of ask you if that is the part of the cycle um, as we kind of get into the next part of this podcast. Okay, so when we talk about, you know, it's something you mentioned. I like that you said, repeat the same year. We relive the same year again and again. That hit. And I want to talk more about that. Because as entrepreneurs, I think I have seen a cycle in my own life as an entrepreneur where it's like radical success, radical success, radical success, plateau, big issue, big issue, big issue. And like, you know, kind of go, then it's like, you go into fight mode and you fix it and a radical success, radical success. Ra and at some level, we just convince ourselves that that's just the way it goes. Right. And like, that just is how it is. The ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, but it's not just entrepreneurs. I mean, if you look at the old saying of, um, you know, when it rains, it pours both ways, good and bad. So everything seems like it's momentum driven or it's cyclical people that lose weight, regain it right? People lose weight again, they regain it again. And so I'm wondering what your thoughts are. How much of that is the fact that there is some weird DNA wiring going on in their brain that's creating that cycle? Like, can you talk to that can a little talk bit? talk to that a little bit? I'm, I'm so happy you brought me to this because okay. I'm I'm about to go deep on this. So let, let's go through this. Okay. Yes. This is, this is where the work really stems differently. People say, oh, you rewire the past, rewire your negative incidents, 
inside of it. The problem is not the negative. The problem is the positive. It's not the, it's not the downsides of the problem. It's the upsides that are the problem. Because we have a neurotransmitter, something called dopamine, which we've all heard of, dopamine, the dopamine effect, and, and alcohol, dopamine, sugar, and dopamine, and cigarettes, and dopamine, everything, and kids, and social media, and dopamine, right? Inside that, we're always looking for dopamine. The higher the spike of dopamine, what goes up must come down. Entrepreneurial journey is optimistically driven in dopamine. I look, I have a study. I'm doing a study right now with my clients. And we have about 30 different entrepreneurs and I take their neurotransmitters and I look at their neurotransmitters pre the actual study and what their neurotransmitters are and post the study and where their neurotransmitters are. And they're rewiring their work. The higher the level of dopamine neurotransmitter, the greater the capacity of the crash and fall because there's no balance in the nervous system. It's high and low and high and low. I'll give you an example. Most people, again, June, January 4th, we're setting goals. People will set out a goal and say they want to make $100,000 a year. Fantastic. They say, okay, great. I want to make $100,000 a year. And they get excited and dopamine goes up towards it. They'll hit the end of 2023 and they'll hit $85,000 a year. They won't hit their goal. And what they're going to say to themselves is like, crap, I didn't do it this year. And instead of actually hitting $100,000, They'll sit and say, they'll feel resentment and shame. And what they'll do is they'll double up the goal to try and hit 200 the next year. They'll sit and say, I didn't hit the 100, but because I didn't, then you're laughing because we've all done it. We've all done this, same mechanism. And we sit and say, I'm going to double it up so that next year I'll just hit double and I'll make up the difference. No big deal. And what we do is in the next year, obviously we didn't do it the first year. We're not going to do it the second year inside of it. And when we don't do that, we say, you know what? By the third year, we kind of go into this place of like, shit, do I do it again? We try for it, but we kind of get this plateau. This is what happens in the seven-year entrepreneurial cycle. By the time you do the third year, the fourth, fifth, and sixth year of that entrepreneurial journey, they're like kind of plateau. By the seventh year, you kind of want to sit and say, crap, this is too stressful. I don't want to do this. You get burned out and you build resentment into your business. Because it's what I call the positive trauma, the positive root experience that creates the crash. And then it becomes a cycle of trying to compensate from that up and down. This happens as a mechanism of us when we're children, right? As dopamine, we're always seeking dopamine. The more we govern dopamine, the better transition we have. As entrepreneurs, this is the most important thing we can do to balance because as an entrepreneur, your job is to lead. You can't lead in a highly emotionally erratic state. Dopamine makes you emotionally erratic. And so you're right. You're 100% correct. We go through these ups and downs and we have these all these wins and what we call successes. And then we have all these failures, always back to bring us back to the state of balance in our brain. You can do it externally and let the external environment do it, or you can do it my way, which is internally do it. So you don't have to go through the external chaos that, that shows up because. Of it. So instead, really, like in your world, let's say, let's say I came to you and I had created that goal, right? Like I want to hit $100,000 this year. It's the end of 2022. I hit 85 and you're, you're my, you're my, you're my coach and you're, you're seeing the natural inclination come. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm upset. What is it that someone at that point could be doing to avoid that big valley and that big drop? Because. Yeah, because I was going to say, with me, I'm being honest with you. I, I mean, it's so crazy. I had one of my team members once, um, and he's still a good friend of mine, and he once told me, we had a huge celebra- we, we had a huge win. 
And I took about 0.6 seconds to celebrate that win and was like, on to the next. Like, here's our next big challenge. And I remember he came to me and was like, why can't you just, like, why can't we just savor this for a little bit? And I was like, savor what? Look at the hell is wrong with you. Like, let's go. Right. And I will say, having had a daughter, the last year, year and a half, I've been, I've evolved and changed, but I, I recognized my inability to enjoy and celebrate the good and my exacerbated ability to torture myself over the bad. Um, it's a total imbalance. And, um, and I'm kind of catching that as what you're saying. And I know everyone listening right now, anyone who is type A, ambitious, it's got to be a common thread amongst most people who try to fight hard to succeed. I mean, I have some friends. I have a cousin of mine. All right. I love him to death. He's my little brother, but I want to kill him half the time because he is just way too happy with life. And he's just like, he's just, everything's great. Right. He's, he, I met him. I met him recently. He's probably listening to this. He's going to laugh. I met him recently and I'm like, how's life, man? He's like, life is perfect. I'm like, what the, what the heck? Right. But like, you also walk away from that saying, God, man, like, you're probably just a happier, like healthier guy. Like he's just likes life. So going back to it, I come to you, I'm like, Dr. Look, I failed. I only hit 85,000. What do you say? First thing what we got to do is we got to first get you grateful for hitting the 85. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not grateful for the 85, you're not going to get any more. Why would the universe give you more? I'm going to use this language intentionally. Why would the universe give you more if you're not grateful for what you currently have? gratitude is the emotion. It's the aristocrat of all emotions. Happiness, sadness, these are fleeting in moments. Gratitude is the aristocrat of all emotions. And the greater, the more refined an individual, the more grateful they really are. This is just across the board because what you're doing is you're rewiring the brain from the amygdala to the prefrontal cortex. Now, as an entrepreneur, you say, I hit 85. I didn't hit 100. That wasn't the goal. Shit, I'm, not, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. That's not true. You hit 85. Let's get you grateful for 85. And then let's look at the strategies of what, what didn't you do for that extra 15. And then the next year, before you jump yourself to another goal of 200 to try and compensate from it, let's get to 100 first. Your brain works on 10% increments of growth. It can only manage 10% increments of growth. Most entrepreneurs, because of their dopamine cycle, they'll sit and say, you know what? I hit 100,000. Shit, screw it. Let's go for 300,000 next year. And you know what? You may do it for the next year because your business is small enough. But if you've mm -hmm. got to go from 5 million to 3X that, like the same level, that's 15 million. It's a little bit, un not to say it's impossible, but it's probably unrealistic at some level. And the personal development and the motivational industry loves to talk about this idea, like Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile that everyone did because they believed it. That's true. But at the same token, how many people crashed after that? How many people didn't do it afterwards? Because entrepreneurialism is a long-term journey, right? It's, it's a journey, unless you're going to exit and sell and then do it again, but you still got to be able to manage this. And so instead of moving forward to the next goal and say that the next piece, let's get grateful with what we have now so that you don't build the next goal in shame or resentment. This is so important. The next, every time you set a goal in shame or resentment, you are literally setting yourself up for failure. Because that emotional chaos is preventing you from actually creating what it is you really want to. Yeah. No, I do a. No, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. I was saying I do an event every year. It's called my creation seminar. And I do it every year. And, and my clients come. And we started this thing with six people at the event. Like, and this last event, we just had, we had almost 230 people there. 
And it's not a cheap ticket. It's a, it's a relatively high price ticket for me in my, in my world. But people come there at the end of the year to plan out what they want inside of it. And the in- interesting thing is, is that I have people who've been trying to achieve goals, these goals for 20, 30, 40, 50 years in their business. And in a matter of weeks, days, and months, what they haven't been able to do in 20, 30 years, they're able doing and hitting their goals and hitting their, either they're buying their company or getting partnership in their company or raising jobs or making the levels of income that they wanted to. Because most of the time when we set goals, we're setting compensations. We're not setting a real strategic goal for what is real for us. Man, all right, that that hit home, and I feel like people that are watching should probably go back and listen to that again, because you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I let's talk about gratitude, because I'm super grateful about where I am in my life. Uh, I really am. I mean, I've 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 achieved a lot. I feel like every time I try to practice gratitude, of course, my brain immediately says, "Well, yeah, but you know, we could have," and blah blah blah. I've not been able to buy into this whole wake up in the morning, have a gratitude journal, write the things you're grateful for, blah, blah, blah. It, to me, it, got, it kind of feels again, hootie patootie, but I wrote this quote down. You said, gratitude is the aristocrat of all emotions. And I know you're more into science. I'm just wondering, let's talk more about gratitude and how that's tied to attracting success and what kind of exercises people can put into their life every day to help, you know, embrace gratitude more. And yeah, I don't know, just talk more about gratitude. Yeah, and I'm going to use you as an example, if it's okay. It's yes, been so open and transparent. Absolutely. You know, people love to say that they're grateful in their life, but people are only grateful for the things that they want to achieve and want to get in their life. They're not grateful for the things that they have challenged their life and have stopped them in their life. That's true. And that's not gratitude, my friend. What that is, is give me the world the way that I want it. That's our ego, so to speak, right? And saying, I'm grateful for the things that I've achieved, I've done, here's who I am. And that's not grateful for all the crap that I had to go through, all the things I had to go through, because real gratitude, true gratitude is, that's why I call it this way. It's the aristocrat of all emotion. It's when you balance the brain. It's when it's balanced. And you can see that in that moment, when, I'm, when you and I sit down and I work on this, and maybe we can do a follow-up episode later, when after, I, after I do work with you and we take that episode when you were a child and I get you grateful for that experience, your mind and your body and your neurophysiology completely goes back to a state of balance. The cortisol, the norepinephrine, the, the, the epinephrine that's being released out of your, your, um, your brain and your adrenal glands that are firing right now, I guarantee it, right? Those will all calm down. And that's when you get to a state of balance. Gratitude is neurochemically a state of order and organization. And technically in the, in the medical, in the healthcare world, it's called homeostasis. That's balance, right? But our society and personal development and people that have come along before us. And I was the same way. I was like, I was grateful for everything. Look, I'm successful. Look at me. I've got everything. I've got the cars. I've got the house. I got the kids. I got the wife. I got all that stuff. The checklist life, so we speak, right? But I wasn't grateful for it. I was grateful for the things that I achieved. I wasn't grateful for the crap that I had to go through and all the, the people that had put me through the challenges and the agonies and all that. When you do, then you balance your brain and then you get true gratitude. And true gratitude just allows your nervous system to completely fall and allows you to actually be in a state of balance. And, you know, a lot of, and I'll, I'll if I can be bold enough to say this, people use the practice of meditation as a form of calming their body down. I think it's a false med- a mechanism because what you're doing 
is you're just simply taking an escape and then coming back to more stress. So if you're going to be grateful, and I'll be happy to share it with you, use my rewire processes, use my daily rewires and use my evening rewires and do that. And you will see your neurophysiology will change. Your muscles will get less tense. Your brain will feel calmer. You'll sleep better at night. That voice in the back of your head that's saying, oh, come on, all this, all that, all that will calm down. And your actually neurophysiology will function from a different state and you'll actually feel grateful for your life. And you will realize that you're actually smiling and you'll be like your cousin. You may be happier once in a little while and you'll be like, holy crap, life is just good. And um, I used to be, I used to, I used to be the angry guy in my family. I was the angry guy. I was the angry success guy. I got to go, got to drive. Right. And the more I reworked on rewire myself, not to say that I don't ever get angry. That's, that's not reality. But now I'm the Zen guy. They all get angry. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I don't care. Not in a way of disassociation, in a way of that I, you can just see the order far more organized than the chaos. No, that, that, that's fascinating. I mean, and I, and I can tell you, now I'm what? At the time that we're making this, right? I'm 39 years old. I'm not going to say that I've, I've seen it all or whatever, but I've been through quite a bit in my, in my time. And, it's, and as I've had a daughter now and I'm focusing on the family, I find myself recently saying, I'm like, you know, I think the greatest gift that money cannot buy actually is Zen. It's literally the idea of just, just being happy. It's just being present at the moment, just like smiling and just being like, yeah, like I am where I am and I'm happy with where I am as a result of all the things. And, and I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast are like, oh my God, here goes two old geezers talking about, you know, Zen and life. And I, but like you get there because I, I would have been the same person. Yeah, listen, 15 years ago, I've been like, shut up, let's go attack. And I'm like, yeah, I did a lot of that and that's fine. And we can still attack, but there's like a nicer way, like a calmer way to attack. Um, I will say this. So, and then I want to come back and take you up on your offer. Cause you said you'd offer us the, the, the morning and evening rewiring um, sure. protocol. Something that really impacted me 10, 15 years ago, you basically were talking about that being grateful for the hard times. And I remember listening to, I don't remember what I was listening to specifically. I wish I did. Um, but it was a coach. This is like a, athletic coach and he runs he was talking about practice and the the diligent the a massive amount of practice that olympic athletes have to go through and all of that and he said he goes you know an olympic athlete that goes and wins the gold medal and then gets to stand on the top and get that gold medal put on there they didn't get the gold medal because they won the race they got the gold medal because they spent 10 years in pain agony and in practice they got the gold medal because they went through 17 injuries and three surgeries and they won the medal because of all the times they chose not to do something in order to do something different and and they they won the medal because of all the times they did not eat that one food that all their friends ate and i was just listening and i was like he's so right like it's the practice how painful is practice how tiring and exhausting is it every single day but at that moment that they're winning that gold medal you can't help but be grateful for all of that because it is due to that pain that you received this 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 great honor and i think that helped a little with repositioning some of my some of the the hardships i've been through in life but definitely there are things going on right now um that i can say if if you and i were talking you're like well Anik, let's figure out a way to be grateful for this i think i'd burst out laughing like i would just be like yeah i don't, I don't see it right but i know i need to but i would immediately be like and i think there's a lot of things in someone who's listening right now in your life guys as you're listening to this you're like yeah i'm not, I'm not gonna be grateful you know for 
that person who cheated on me or that person who stole from me or that person who, you know, no. If you want to do it, I'll do that right now. With you. I'll do that right here live. Yeah, let's do it. Do that. I just want to go to the other episode because that would be deeper, but I can do that. Give me something that you're ungrateful for. Give me something that's going on in your life right now that you want to just get to gratitude. For. I can do that. Yeah. Um, well, let me think about that because there is a bunch of things going on right now that publicly speaking, I've always promised everyone who listens. I'm like, I'll talk more about it publicly in the future. Not quite yet, but you know, I'm on the record saying 2022 was probably one of the hardest years of my life. Uh, personally and professionally, um, quite actually not personally, personally was awesome. Professionally, it was probably one of the hardest years of my life. Um, so maybe we'll come to that exercise in a few months. I want to have you back. And once I'm a little bit more public about it, we can actually pick one very specific thing that I think a lot of people will resonate with and, and dive into that. But Let's dive into, because I want to have enough time on this episode to dive into that rewiring process. So we got people listening right now. Gratitude is not, I think of all the people I've met in my life, maybe a few percent, like a few, one, two, three percent actually embrace gratitude the way you're explaining. 97% probably don't. So let's, how do they rewire? What can they do in the mornings and evenings to help them with that? Well, I have a daily rewire sheet. I'm happy to share that with your your community and you guys can use it. I'm we're putting that in the process of putting that together into a, a uh, little journal type thing that you just do the work on it. Just do, just do the, the actual journaling side and exercise inside of it. But what you do is you want to take the things that are the greatest challenges of your day and you want to find what, how did they serve you? How did they, your greatest challenges, find how they served you. Whatever you were successful at the day, how did they help you? I start every morning by not looking at the things that I'm going to create and be excited about for the day. I look for the challenges that are going to show up in my day and how they're going to help me. Most people are looking for the excitement in their day. I think that's a huge catastrophic mistake because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for dopamine. When something goes up, it's got to go down. So your day is now left to the world to feel like crap. Instead, if, let's go look for the challenges of the day. It sounds so anti-positive thinking. And I will tell you the greatest reason of depression, anxiety, and suicide in this country is positive thinking. We are not built to be positive. <laughs> positive thinking breeds depression. And it's not what people want to hear. It's not the truth of what people want to hear, but that's what causes the case. Okay, hold the presses. Hold on. Wow. There, there, there's a whole other episode here coming. I, I think I just found the quote maybe for the title of this episode. Positive thinking is the greatest reason, is the greatest cause of suicide, and it's the greatest cause of depression. You've got to dive deeper into that. That sounds fascinating to me. To me. Well, think about it, right? Like, Positive thinking, if you're trying to be positive all the time, that's just not reality. That's, it's an idealism that doesn't exist. Your brain is, your nervous system is built on two sides. You have one side that's for challenge, one side's for relaxation. If you're trying to be happy and positive all the time, just look at the positive, just look at the positive, just look at the positive. That means you're going to try and front load everything and say that everything is going to be good all the time. That's not true. And everything that's good, remember I talked about that dopamine cycle. You're going to have the flip side that has to show up. So if, if I said to somebody, hey, look, you're happy. You got to be happy all the time. You're not going to be able to do it. And I'm not going to be able to do it. None of your listen, listeners are either. They're going to sit and say, I can't do it. Great. Put an idealism on and try and do it. And you know what? You're a failure if you don't. Now what guilt and shame and resentment are you creating inside of someone? You can't be successful behind that. And I spoke in these stages and I listened to it for 15 years of my life. And I thought, what a bunch of crap until I lived it. And I did. And I was like, this doesn't work. And I was so depressed myself. And suicidal myself, and I was like, oh my God, because you can never achieve it. It's impossible to achieve because the brain and physiology isn't built in that fashion. But what we've had is people in the 80s 
And the personal development world said, you know what? Just be positive about everything. And a lot of people just didn't say, just you got to find the positive of everything. That's assuming that everything's going to be good. What about the things that are the positive challenges, like the successes? Let's go find the drawbacks of those. Let's go find the challenges in those. Because in every success, there's a seed of challenge. And every challenge is a seed of success. There's an order and a balance that has to come into play to create harmony inside of our brain. But we've lopsided it to be a one-sided brain, a one-sided existence. And I'm sorry, it just doesn't work that way. And unfortunately, it's the biggest reason why people become depressed is because they can't meet an idealism that they're trying to achieve. And they feel the guilt, the shame, and the resentment inside themselves. themselves. And there's studies, this is not my words, that's not my studies, but they've shown people who are angry and resentful to themselves lead to cardiovascular issues. So as if you're an entrepreneur listening to this thing, this doctor is talking about all this health stuff. You're I am. Because I'm probably one of the few doctors on the planet that is linking entrepreneurialism and health conditions so that you can actually have both in your life and actually grow inside of it. And so when you look at it and say, if you expect you always to hit your goals, you're going to be depressed. If you expect to always achieve and your business only to go up all the time, you're going to be depressed when it actually has a down month because it's an unrealistic expectation that you're placing on yourself, on your business, and in your life, and you can't match that. And that will create you to become depressed, immobile, lay in bed, curl up under, a, under the covers, not want to get up and face the world. What they'll call is clinical depression is because of expectations you've placed on the world that are not realistic based on your fantasies. You've- wow. Okay. So how that connects back to something that we hear all the time about how social media is creating the biggest amounts of depression and issues. Well, isn't that what it is? Cause you're sitting there and you're only seeing the best of the best of the best of everybody around you and assuming that that's their entire lives. But you know, your life has a lot more underneath the water there. There's the, you know, you're seeing everyone's little thing that's sticking out of the top, but the bottom glacier is huge. Is that kind of following the same same thought process? And that's why social media is becoming so problematic. It's just because you are forcing yourself to be comparing yourself to only the best of everyone's. It is. It's a part of it, though. It's only a part of it, right? Because social media, especially like TikTok, right? You know, I, every social media has a different angle, I think. I mean, you're the marketer, not me, right? Like, <laughs> but every social media has its own thing. But TikTok is an entertainment format. Facebook, I consider more of a communication format. You know, Instagram is kind of seeing what's going on in the world. YouTube is a learning format. But what happens is that the speed at which information is coming at you, it raises your dopamine spike at the speed of the entertainment, of the feeling good behind it. That's, the, that's one of the problems. The second problem that comes along is that you're only seeing the goods in people, and then you compare your life to that. And if you don't feel that your life is worth living and worth, you're grateful for your life, then yeah, you're going to sit and say, look, Anik's got a better life than I do. You know, he was, he was in the movies. I wasn't, right? Like you're going to sit and make these statements inside of it. And, and instead of saying, you know, what's grateful about my life? People are too busy comparing their life to other people versus becoming grateful for the life that they have. Oh, so true. When they do, and you neurologically are able to heal that, you become grateful for your life. You don't want to live someone else's life because yeah. it's yours. It's your gift. It's fascinating and very, very true. Couple of things. I was told once by someone who listened to my podcast. I'm not even joking. This was a this was a coach. This is a branding coach, and I never hired them, so they were doing an analysis on me. And one of the tips on their their thing was, "Hey, Anik, 
you, um, you, you, I don't remember the exact words, but it was you expressed too much weakness in your brand. I was like, that's interesting. What do you mean? They're like, well, you talk about all the bad and you share all the troubles and struggles. And so you're actually, you're not building authority. And I'm like, no, I get that. You're probably right. 47 or 48 laws of power, whatever that book is called. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Probably shouldn't do that. But I'm like, at the same time, that's just who I am. I'm like, I don't want an audience that doesn't, that's not attracted to that. But you're 1000% correct in the sense of, I get people all the time. Oh my God, Onik, you are so lucky. Your life is so great. I'm like, oh, hold on, hold that, hold on a second. Yes, I'm very fortunate. Yes, I have a great life. Um, but I don't want you for a minute to think that I have an easy life or that I don't go through challenges. I have a lot of them. Um, I just, I address them differently than most people. And I don't let a lot of them hold me back, which is cool and, and great. But um, this, this is a real thing that actually happened. And I want to share this because we're talking about it. Uh, last year, there was a moment where I, I remember this conversation with my wife. So there's some challenges going on and with some things I'm not happy with professionally. And, and, I, and I take this one person, okay? And I won't mention names. And I'm like, and I'm telling my wife this. I said, look at this person. I'm like, they've done it right. Look at what they've achieved. Look at what they have. Look at how they did it. Look at the decisions they made. They were so smart. They've done it right. And I could have done it this way, but I didn't do it this way. And, you know, she's just listening. She didn't really give any feedback or advice. My wife is, is awesome because she is just, she's like my cousin. She's just, she's good. Life is good. Like you, you can throw her in anything. She's just good. But I, I really did kind of, I stressed on this and, and I thought a lot about it. And I would think it and immediately tell myself, hey, stop, don't do that. But I kept doing it. And something really funny, not funny at all, uh, something really ironic happened. And I could sworn it was like the universe sending me a message and a reminder. A couple months later, I'm talking to somebody. Uh, I connected with the most random of people. We get on the phone. I don't know this person very well. I know of them. We start talking and he starts sharing all the hardships he's having. I'm like, wow. All right. We're going to be, we're going to open up. All right. Here are some of my hardships. I find out later into the conversation that this person I'm talking to has been a business partner of the person who I've been idolizing. And I happened to find that out. I'm like, wait a minute. Did you just say blah, blah, blah? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, can't you just ask him to help you? Like you guys are, you guys are business partners on all these things. Turns out that guy's more broke than, than him or me. For me, it was such a reality check where I was like, wait, what? So this person that I have been sitting here torturing myself mentally over because I feel like they did all the things right, that I've done all the things wrong, turns out I've done far more things right than they have. And, and I remember that moment I sat down and I thought, man, how many of us do this on multitude of things, multiple things, right? That comparison thing. But God, that's interesting. I, I really find fascinating what you said that positive thinking is actually the reason because you're right. We can't always be positive and we're not, we feel bad that we're not. And, and that creates problems. Yeah. And it's also interesting, right? Like, like as we're talking about it, it is like, you, you know, it doesn't matter how successful the person is. Like I have clients of mine who have won world series and their world has fallen apart. I've had clients who've won not Olympic gold, but you know, I, well, one of them was, was a senior goal, senior Olympic gold tennis player and their world falls apart. Like it's the highs that breeds the lows. And until we don't navigate the brain, I'm sorry. It's just like, I, 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 don't, I say this with such certainty because I've just seen it again and again and again, those that can navigate their emotions around this are the ones that will continually rise. 
those that don't will continue to play the up and down game because they're stuck in their amygdala, which is lower part of the brain versus the prefrontal cortex. It's the more, and I'll say this as well. I was just reading an article last night. The more emotionally aware an individual is, the more they're able to rewire their brain towards their prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of their brain. Now, why that's important is because that's the objective center of the brain. That's where you make strategy decisions. That's the point where you see into your future. That's the part of where you can see into kind of where you're headed inside that. So you're going to be more strategic, focused, and looking at the long term of that versus someone who's functioning from the animal. Like, let me just go fight and attack and win. Great. Then you need something else to win at. That's why I wrote the book that's behind me here. Like, grab it. Chasing success. Like, that's what it was. That's the game, right? It's always chasing us. Another level of success and another level of success, another level of success. Women or more emotionally aware men are able to rewire towards prefrontal cortex. That's what I help people do. You said something earlier that I just kind of like to share with you if it's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the more fulfilled state. One of my courses, programs, whatever you call masterminds, that's exactly what it is. It's a I've put together the science of fulfillment that someone can do the work and rewire every area of their life in all seven areas of their life so that they heal all these areas of their wounds. And that's what I did with my life. That honestly was the biggest, smartest decision I ever did. Because if not, I'd be stuck in anger. I'd be stuck in resentment. I'd be stuck in my own shame, my own pride. I wouldn't be able to see ahead. And today, not to say that I'm not human. We all have emotions inside of it. But I don't compare myself to others in that capacity. Like if someone's a celebrity, it's like, great, they're a celebrity. So they're, probably still, they're probably a pain to work with. They're probably a pain. Like there's such prima donnas at some level, right? Like, and I do. I've worked with lots of them. I still do. I don't always want to inside of it. And you, too, you do too, right? Like you've met all these people. It's just like, you look at it and you realize that everyone's got their journey. No one's come there without scars. Yeah. How you heal the scars is up to you. Yeah, so that's, that's so true. So, um, been fascinating stuff, I, and I still want to keep talking, but I feel like there's probably a lot of people listening right now that are like, all right, where do I go next? What, what is a URL where people can go to to grab some of your, your free content, get on your, you know, watch a webinar of yours or get on your list? I think people would be, be really well served. What's a URL you could throw out for us? Yeah, there's two, there's two URLs, I'd say. You can go to drrewire.com, just my website, and you can get lots of information, things like that in there. There's a, uh, another one called rewirescore.com. Now, the reason I share this one with you is if you go this, it's a quiz survey inside of it, but it uses my technology to see what part of the brain you're actually making decisions from. So you can see, are you living in a state that you're always in desperation, that you have to do things all the time, or you need to, and that, and that or are you in a should to, or are you in a guilty state? Or are you living your life where you love to, or where you be using more, more capacities of your brain? So you do the quiz, and then you'll, they'll actually give you the answer of like kind of what level of brain you're actually using. It's a super valuable tool to be able to see how you want your world to be, and, and gives you an objective place to start in healing yourself, healing your life, healing your brain, and functioning and fulfilling. That's awesome. All right. So everyone, drrewire.com, and then, of course, rewirescore.com. We'll put these in the show notes. Again, you guys can get them at onicpodcast.com. So let's talk a little. I want to go back almost a little bit. I, I should have talked about it earlier, but I'm glad I'm going to talk about it now. So went through a divorce. You said you lost every dollar. I'm going to imagine that was a pretty trying time in your life. You, you shared you were angry before that. My guess is you got super angry after that. 
and you, you needed to become a patient of yourself. Walk us through that journey of recovery. How did that last? How long did it take? What did you, what, what did you go through? Um, because I feel like a lot of people watching or listening could relate to some of that and, you know, get inspired by get it. Get inspired by it. Yeah, it was. It was really hard. Like a divorce. I mean, we could put it in the business context, a divorce, you know, partnerships going south. Like that's another divorce, another form of a divorce. It's not the same thing. But I was, I was, it was, it was a challenging time for me. And for those years, it took me a lot of work to actually rewire every component, every piece of it. And, um, but here's the interesting thing. I'd been working for 16 months trying to sell, trying to move my life into this space. And uh, from after I sold my practice, and I sold my practice and I didn't get anything from it. I actually, you know, gave it all away and gave it back to my kids. And, and, uh, and that because, you know, I spent more in lawyer fees than most people do in, you know, six years of salary, so to speak. It was just a crazy time. But what I did is I found that as I pieced it together and as I started rewiring each component, it wasn't until I started becoming grateful for my ex and grateful for the divorce and grateful for different components of the divorce and different what we call root experiences inside the divorce and started to actually appreciate what was going on. That's when I closed my first deal again inside of it. I had made millions of dollars. I've lost millions of dollars. Through divorce, no question about it. But I had to rebuild myself from the ground up to the point. I mean, I had a lemon to eat for four days. That's what I did. I had a lemon to eat. That's all I had. And I could have gone to my parents, but there was a point where, you know, I was like, I got to figure this out on my own. I got myself here and I got to get myself out of here inside this. And I got two beautiful children and I wanted to prove to them that I could. But I'd worked hard and worked really hard and would make all the phone calls, you know, 200 phone calls a day and leaving the messages. All the stuff you're supposed to do to do hard work. But it's the, the solution in success is not hard work. It's being grateful for the work that you've done. Hmm. It's being grateful for the story of your life. And then, you know, what happens is like there's this crazy, not to sound personal development here for a sec, but this crazy frequency that changes. And when you meet someone, you know that this person's actually an authentic person. They're not an angry person. You know, when you meet someone, they're angry. I was angry. I was super angry. I was, you know, if they, I, I was the poster child of anger until I started to become grateful. And then I did. And then I started doing more work and I do more work. And to this day, I still work on myself. There's not a single day that I don't rewire things in my life. This daily rewire sheet that I'm going to share with you guys. It's what I do every day. And I spend time making sure that I make sure my brain and balance and body is in the right state. And um, it's a tool that I've, these tools are the tools I've shared with my kids. And I like to sit and say, you know, whatever money I make or don't make, my kids won't get a dime of it. My, the Trevetti legacy will be this information on how to rewire their thinking because it's far grander than any dollar anyone can ever give you. Because that feeling of gratitude when you finally can be free of all those emotions that are holding you back, there's no payment, no payment, no dollar that will ever make you feel better. You can listen to that and be like, oh, yeah, well, you don't know. Well, I do know. I've made lots of, I do know. And, um, and it was a journey, but you know what? I wouldn't change a thing. My ex-wife and I have a, I wouldn't say we're, you know, the best of friends or whatever. I think she still harbors some resentment. That's, that's for her to figure out. I am grateful for who she is, what she's done, what she doesn't do, every aspect of her. And I'm grateful that I went through the exact journey I went through because I wouldn't be here specifically, every piece of it, if I wasn't for that. I wouldn't be sitting here having a great conversation with you, my friend. Yeah. That's true. And, and, and I think that that's a really something interesting for everyone to go away today and reflect on is, you know, we hear this 
I know I hear it all the time. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Today we went pretty deep into it. So what is going on in your life? What are the things that happened that you don't think were good? The bad things that happened, right? And I put quotes around bad that you're not grateful for. Because I'll tell you right now, as I'm thinking through this, right? Stuck in the ICU for three months, nearly life-ending surgery. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever sat down and been grateful for that, um, I've tried the exercise of being grateful for the illness because it's made me strong. It's made me who I am. It's made me resilient. But there are specific aspects of the illness. Um, you know, right now until this very every day, I mean, eating for me is as petrifying as is probably walking into a haunted house for most people. Like every meal I have, I don't know what's going to go with that. Right. And and then, of course, you now, of course, I said this. So Thank you ahead of time to all of you who are going to be messaging me with your herbs and your cures. Uh, here it comes. I know it's coming. Um, and I've, you know, all the way from Mayo Clinic to Cleveland Clinic to doctors in India to, to I mean, I've spent tons and just my body just says thanks, but no thanks. And so uh, it's hard to find gratitude in that. In business, you know, there was an there was a time that I got completely robbed by someone who I treated like a younger brother, who I went out of my way to support, who, you know, I co-signed a loan on, you know, for. Uh, found out they were robbing me the whole time. It was the most like strategically played con. And this was like years and years ago. But it's really hard, right? It's really hard to sit back and go, I want to be grateful for that person. No, I want to slap that person. I still want I still want to put that person in the ground. And so that is fun. I'm, I think we're going to have a good time with that. I'm going to walk away from this and I'm going to make a commitment to think about the things I'm not grateful for. Uh, Dr. Loke, I'm really grateful to you for being here and for extending the offer to do the private session. I'm going to take you up on that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out. I think there's going to be some demons that come out from it. That'll be fun to watch. But um, maybe what we will do also is let's have that session in private and let's have you back in a couple of months. And uh, we'd love to talk about the evolution of what's occurred. Um, love your work. It's fascinating. I've, I've gotten a chance to meet with your team and I've actually met with other people who worked with you too. And they've spoken very highly. And so um, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to keep working with you. Um, you know, in both capacities, like we can work personally here, but I didn't even mention this earlier, but Dr. Loki is a part of our mastermind board of experts. So I get the honor of helping him and his team in, in their marketing and in their business, which is my, which is where I have my fun. Um, DrRewire.com, RewireScore.com, everyone. I cannot stress this enough. Check it out. Go there. We're going to put a lot more things and resources for you in the show notes. OnicPodcast.com. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment. You know the jazz. And if you're listening to us on any other audio platform, it's the Onyx Singal Show. It's one of the earlier episodes. We could love, I would love some love from you. Please go tell other people, leave comments, and of course, uh, subscribe and leave great reviews so we can get back up in those rankings. Dr. Alok, I'm going to leave you with the final words. Thank you so much for being here today. It's a fascinating episode. Loved it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, my friend. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Much love. Bye.